definitely human. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. guys welcome to back to earth a podcast about roots i'm charlie may this is episode eight it is spring and i'm on my way to the barn to see a load of grain being collected to take to the mill the driver has arrived and i'm just going to pop my head in for a quick look so I'm currently stood on top of a ladder looking out over the back of the lorry where the grain's being tipped into the back precariously perched on top I hope he doesn't have to fill this whole thing and I just stay up here the whole time. But Nigel's going back and forth in the tally handler, um, collecting wheat, I think, and then dropping the wheat into the back of this large lorry. So he's filling up each bucket with grain and now he's dropping it in the back of the trailer and probably going to get covered in dust. Here it goes. Amazing. Okay, now how to get down. <laughs> you look so different in that photo. I do. With glasses? Yeah, I'm not used to seeing you yeah. with glasses now. I know. <laughs> what are you looking for? Well, I just have to... Um... I have to write everything down. This is my Bible book here, and I have to do a fresh book every year, and I have to write down everything that we do. This is like um, making a note of what's going out. So in pen is what's definitely gone. In pencil is what I'm expecting. And this is wheat, where I've got 58 tonnes I'm expecting to go out. So 29 has gone today, and there'll be another 29 on Thursday. 
and I have to file all these little bits of paper, you see. That's got to go in there. Are they called passports, grain passports? These are grain passports, yes. This is the delivery ticket. When I get a, an inspection for Red Tractor, later on in the year, I have to show her all these. If I was selling wheat to go to make bread, you could buy a loaf of bread and you could chase it right back to this farm where it was grown. So I just watched 28 tonnes of wheat being loaded onto the back of a lorry. Yep. Um, Nigel was using the JCB or the telehandler handler. with the bucket. Yes. But there used to be a different way of getting the grain onto the lorries, didn't there? Yes. In days of yesteryear, we used to use an auger, which is like a long metal corkscrew. It's almost like a giant screw with the thread and you stick that in the pile of grain and then set it going and it just rotates and all the grain gets stuck in the grooves of the um, screw and goes up into the lorry that way. But it takes hours and hours and hours to fill a lorry. You can imagine 29 tonnes going into a lorry with one of those. But now we've got the, the telehandler and that one, every bucket full is a tonne. So 29 loads fills a lorry and the lorry's got a weigher on it so he can see exactly, doesn't overload. Have you discovered that in taking over the farm in the last few years, really what you're doing is sort of a sales job per se, where you're sort of working out the fluctuations of grain prices, when's right to sell, when do you hold, you know, it's like the stock market farming or something. Yeah, that is definitely my job. I'm permanently on the phone. If you look back through my day book, there's hundreds of phone calls where I'm just ringing around to see what the price is this week. You know, it's just up to me to keep tabs on what's gone out so I don't sell something twice. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So I thought we could do something a little different and give a tour of the farmhouse, the house that comes with the farm, where I grew up and where mum lives now. So we're stood right now in the front of the house looking southerly and it's a traditional Devon longhouse. What's that? Yeah, the front part of the house is a traditional Devon longhouse where back in the day the Devon longhouse belonged to the farm. There would be two rooms downstairs with a corridor that had a front door and a back door and then another room on the end that they kept the animals in. So they were all under one roof and it was usually built on a slope so that the animals stuff didn't leak into the main part of the house. Sanitary. Yeah, exactly. And people lived very simply sort of traditional cob and then a fireplace in each room yep obviously no central heating the house was originally built of cob which is a mixture of mud horse hair cattle hair stones anything and the first thing they did when they built a house was to build a, a cob pit they dug a big hole in the ground where they could mix all this gunk up together like a massive cake and then they gradually built the cob walls at the bottom they're three foot thick and they would just do a foot a day upwards because they had to wait for it to dry between the next bit. They couldn't make enough cob fast enough to build it all in a day. So it was a very long process. Mm-hmm. And when we took the covering off in the sitting room, um, you know, there's all sorts stuffed in the walls to actually help fill up the spaces. There's old bottles and lumps of wood and stones <laughs> and anything to just fill up a space, oh, wow. really. And in fact, outside, when we took the render off the front of the house out by the road there's even a ladder stuffed in the in the cob so I suppose they had this old ladder that was no good anymore they stuffed it in and then shoved the cob in between the rungs oh wow yeah it's still there I guess some other 
funny features that are quite unique to this house is um, in the back cottage, there's a bread oven. Yes. Well, that was very traditional in the old houses because the back cottage is actually older than the front of the house, the long house. So was it the back cottage that's 1650 or? Slightly earlier. Oh, wow. Yes. So that has a bread oven. They would light the fire in the hearth and then they would put the um, embers from the fire in the bread oven and get the oven really hot. And then they would slide the embers away and then put the loaves of bread in. So is it made out of stone? Solid stone. Yes, it's stone. It kind of goes from our back kitchen through to the office, through a huge wall, and it's absolutely massive. It's next to the fireplace, actually, isn't it? So that's where they would have put the embers and then right back into the fire. Absolutely. I always crouch down in this room because it's got spiders. spiders. There's spiders all over the ceiling. You can stand in there. I'm in the stick shed now. It's now the stick shed, but it used to be when I first came here, this was our back door. Oh, wow. Okay. And you can see that was the door. Yeah. We had it bricked up to put logs in so that they were already in the house. And our back door is now through what was the cottage. Oh, wow. So I'm just looking. There's a little green door mum's opening with a little... A oh, it's an under the stairs cupboard. Oh, my God. Yes, it's a spider you can heaven. See, this is spider heaven. <laughs> but the front door, it would have just... You see all the original structure is still there all the original walls oh wow and it's got an ash floor what's an ash floor well it's it's made of layers and layers of ash from the fire would have been put down and stamped down they go like concrete Mm. and you can even wash it they shine and it's a beautiful traditional feature I love this green colour. It's my favourite colour. Well, this paint is original lead-based paint. Is that safe? No. (laughs) Well, because it's in an old outhouse, you see it's been chipped by chucking the logs in. But this was traditional paint that everybody had. Either olive green or dark brown was the colour in Victorian times to paint all your woodwork. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I gradually stripped. You see, these doors have been stripped of it. Yes. So that would have been green as well. Ah, yeah. Still green. I've only done the one side. But yeah, that's an original door. It's really rather lovely, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. I love that you've kept all the old original doors all throughout the house. Yes. Proper wooden doors with big metal handles. They've got these lever handles. You know, they're worn with age. They've become so thin with thumbs being put on them over hundreds of years. And then this is the dairy in here. I think that was an addition at some point and it's all kitted out with water channels and taps and it's where there's beautiful blue cold stone slabs all around the side where they would have kept all their food because in the days before electricity of course didn't have refrigerators so this is where they stored the food and where the farmer's wife would have made the butter and the cheese and probably sold it at the local market. Those big hooks are still hanging on the ceiling now where they would have hung their hams and cuts of meat you know but we don't go in there unless we've got to <laughs> no it's so good it would make such a fantastic room you yeah, know it's so beautiful yeah yeah i do the kitchen used to be a courtyard which connected the farmhouse to the cottage behind now it's all under the same roof one big oddly shaped building this is why we've now got steps going up because the floor used to slope so alarmingly <laughs> in order to keep the floor flat that's how far down we had to dig that was the rise from there to there 
This is where I trip as a child and say, whoops, drunk again. Absolutely. Where did I get that from? The health visitor was here. <laughs> she came to check on you. and you just, Whoops, drunk again. Well, I must have got it from you. <laughs> yeah, you would have done. That's the back of the bread oven. We're yeah. in the office now. And you can see the back of the bread oven. Looks like a massive tent. Yeah, it does. Um, and it's got 1847 scratched in it. Wow. So quite whether that was when it was re-rendered or when it was done, I don't know. And then um, somebody's name etched in here. We've got WM. WM scratched in the door there. Look at that giant keyhole. That is amazing. Yes. Um, oh, there's the key. Oh, wow. That is a proper classic sort of treasure chest key. It must weigh half a kilo. It does weigh a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Stick your brolly away. So this is, we call this the gun room because originally, before laws were changed, this is where your dad kept all his guns. And um, I've turned it into a storeroom now and I've got overflow of well, wine, as you can see, <laughs> wine, deep freezes and, um, you know, bulk buying items and everything is in here, all my mm. DIY stuff. But the history of this, your father's aunt was a land girl here during the Second World War. She came here when all the men had gone to war. They needed help on the agriculture front. And so they got all these girls to sign up as land girls. It was like the Women's Land Army, really. Mm. And they came and worked on farms and lived in to do all the work that men used to do, because obviously it was still horses and carts in those days. And um, she stayed here as a land girl. And she can remember when this room that we're standing in now, the gun room, had pigs in it. Oh, my God. This just would have been an empty space up mm -hmm. above, no ceilings in it. It was just a barn, mm -hmm. and the entrance was out of a door in behind what is now cupboards, and this is where the pigs lived. I suppose you would give the pigs scraps of food, and it Absolutely. would be your waste yeah. management. Yeah. You had one pig, if you were lucky, you had two, and they <laughs> lived off the scraps that you and all your family had. You know, they'd have potato peelings and all sorts. <laughs> Okay, so that was the house chat. We only covered things on the ground floor in this episode, but, you know, we'll probably come back um, and talk more about it in the future. So anyway, we're out and about because I have some exciting news. I have been given the key to the farm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Sounds made up. I know. It does, <laughs> it's not a real thing. The key to the farm. Like, come hither, child. I have something special. You have earned your place. <laughs> you have proven your worth. Yeah. <laughs> I bestow upon you the key to the farm. I have to admit, I'm a little bit disappointed. I was expecting, like, <laughs> some huge artifact or something, but it's just a normal set of keys. Like one of those, like, fake checks that people get on yeah. game shows. It's, like, really <laughs> big. giant key. Yeah. How will they cash that? <laughs> um, let me see. Which key is it? So it basically looks exactly the same as our house key. Oh, God, I've dropped it in the grass. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't think you're ready for the no, key no, to the farm. No, no, don't tell mum. <laughs> don't tell mum. Um, okay, so here it is. So this is a master key that unlocks every single gate. When is that majestic sound? <laughs> a Labrador. Because we're in, is it a public field? Yeah, no, we're walking along a public footpath, but it goes through our fields. And we're going to walk to the pond, and I'm going to use my key to open the gates. <laughs> Hi! Hi, are you all right? Hi, David. Oh, 
but you didn't expect to see us. I did because Mum said you were going to be up. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, you didn't even know you owned this, did no. you? No. Are you ploughing? Yeah, I am. Uh, these are going into potatoes. Ah. In the field down that I'm ploughing now, um, that's going into a wild bird mix. Did Mum oh, okay. that or no? No, she didn't. Yeah, they got an AB9, which is a wild bird mix for the wildlife, basically. That's yeah. What it's for, like, well, I think it's nice. Yeah, I saw some of the fields that are just wild, and yeah, they look so different to anything else, don't yeah, they? Like, they do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You've got to do your bit, haven't you, I suppose? Yeah. You know, I mean, do you know where the footpath is? I mean, you walk wherever well, you like. No, you we, it, we were trying to get to the pond. Oh, is yeah, that yeah. through walk, walk that field here. or down here? Yeah. Walk down here and you'll see, there's Harding's Mill, the field out behind you there. Uh-huh. That's Harding's Mill. You get over, well, you've got the key anyway, haven't you? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now yeah, I've got the key to the farm. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll let you carry on. Yeah, well, right. nice to see you. Have a good weekend. Nice to be done, all right? Yeah. Bye. See you later. Bye. I'll say I don't know anything about farming, but I can tell just by looking at him work that Nigel is a very good farmer. Oh my god. <laughs> Nigel is incredible. So a few years ago, Mum bought a tractor that had a sat nav within that mapped out the field and worked out exactly how to drive. And he um, stopped using it after like a few goes because he could do better than the technology. <laughs> he said it was rubbish and it was all off and he couldn't trust it and he trusted himself more. I'm watching him right now plough the field and it's ridiculous. It's so precise, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's very satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've had to sneak off um, and wait for a few sort of dog walkers and things to pass on by because uh, the public footpath isn't that clear and a lot of people just tend to think they can walk anywhere over the fields, which is worrying because you know like the field we're walking across now it's clearly been sprayed and you know if you've got dogs and things you don't want them walking across a field where there's been chemicals sprayed and it could be dangerous for them or lime that's been spread on the field you know how bad lime is limes <laughs> lime, not limes lime is very is it lime is alkaline it's like acidic no <laughs> no <laughs> so we're coming up to a gate it's got the barbed wire around the top time for me to use my key to the farm <laughs> so is that why we've gone on this long walk it's just so you can open a gate <laughs> look it's a it's a poignant it's a moment right Ta -da. do you remember this was one of our first dates you came to visit our house and we came down here and we sort of lay on the grass and yeah looked at the pond i've always loved it here this was um something dad created um, basically the ground here is very uh, clay based there's a spring in the woods and a stream trickles down and joins the main river and so by sort of gouging out the earth uh, the pond naturally filled with water we didn't need to line it or anything and he got fish and he put fish in the pond and he made a little pontoon yes i remember yeah it was amazing <laughs> he created this sort of wooden walkway i think out of an old sheep railing and put um plastic drums full of air underneath so it would float and then every day we'd come down and we'd feed the fish we'd walk the dogs through the woods but yeah dad absolutely loved this pond um he bought rainbow trout the only issue is like i was saying about people sort of coming in you know and off the public footpath is the local village kids would just come and they fished out all the trout until there were none left and they smashed the pontoon to bits um, and they'd come and have picnics and just leave all their trash. There's no pontoon left anymore. There's no fish. There's a couple of uh, weeping willows that sort of dip into the water. It's very pretty. I mean, everything still looks a bit dead, but in the summertime, it's absolutely teeming. There's um, lotus plants, lily pads. 
wonder if there's any frog spawn yet. It's about that time of year. Usually you see like frog spawn in one of the puddles just next to the pond. <laughs> Idiots. Let's save it and put it down in the in the pond for them. I'm calling frogs idiots. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, look, there's a frog. Oh my god! Oh wow! Oh, he was sat on top of a kind of lily pad as well. How picturesque. Oh, you so rarely see frogs. You always see the frog spawn and the um, tadpoles, but yeah, you so rarely see a frog. I did find a toad when I was gardening this week, sort of disturbed him. I was pulling up a lump of grass and he was hiding in it. <laughs> but I put him, I moved him under a rock. What's the difference between a toad and a frog? Is it just one's bigger than the other? Well, one lives in water and one lives on the ground. A frog lives in the water, whereas a toad likes damp, cold spaces, usually brick walls and things. I'm the frog, you're the toad. I love being in water. <laughs> and basking in the sun, you just love hiding under a cold stone. Plus, I eat lots of flies. <laughs> Aw, what a cute ending. I'm sure we're all looking forward to the further adventures of Frog and Toad in the next episode. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast and on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod. Music is by John Day, artwork is by Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by David Knight. Thanks, guys, and thanks to you for listening. And if you're supporting us on Patreon, stay tuned for our after-show series, Hashtag Farm Life. This week, we'll be talking some more about this ancient farmhouse. It's like 400 years old or something. That's too old. You literally can't move for ghosts. <laughs> Find out more at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.